0: Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by Citibank. You can get a credit card with an interest rate of 1.25. That way when you overspend and can't pay your credit card bill, the damage isn't so bad. You're going to spend more money than you have. Why not mitigate your losses, you entitled piece of shit. I
1: ate a bunch of peanuts. And then the first intro i recorded was all sounded like i had a bunch of peanuts in my mouth then i drank a bunch of Lacroix to wash it down uh and then i burped a bunch on the second intro so now we good because i ain't drinking or eating anything today's guest is zach shankweiler zach's a comedian he also is a graphic designer he designed the new anecdotal sweatshirts if you want to see them, you can go to The Anecdotal Experience Instagram. That's just Instagram slash Instagram.com. You know what it is. Um, if you like them, DM me on Instagram and I'll uh, I'll send you one, but you got to pay money for it. Today, we talk about uh, self-worth. Do you love yourself? Uh, you trying to get a husband? You trying to get a wifey to fill the void uh, that's left from where your pride is? and your self-esteem used to be yeah it's gonna make sense later it probably makes sense now what am i talking about let's just do this with my friend zack Schonkweiler. hey yo We, I, my, something, a cord wasn't plugged in to a jack. Nice. You know, that's how it is, man. There's like 90 different cords, (laughs) and if one's not plugged in to a jack, the whole thing goes to shit. Uh, I've had
0: a nickel for every time I've had that problem. I've had
1: That's it, man. It's cords, dude. Half of like the struggles I've had in my life have been because of cords.
0: You know what? Come to think of that, living in the digital age, that is accurate for most of us thinking about it. Whether it's not plugged in, whether it's tangled up, or whether you just don't have the correct one, I guess.
1: Right. Like previous generations had, you know, world wars, but our affliction is these goddamn cords, dude.
0: Yeah, our World War Two is literally not having the Thunderbolt converter.
1: Yeah, dongles. Dongles are the new, like, muskets. <laughs> muskets? That's a gun, right?
0: <laughs> is it? That's a gun. Yeah, that's a gun. That's like an old-timey fucking, like, you had to take eight years to load a gun. Yeah, dude. Like, the, the kind that they were thinking about when they wrote the fucking, uh, the right to bear arms.
1: Not yes. the, you
0: know, ones that can shoot up a million people in like one fell swoop.
1: That's right. Dude, I I remember watching The Patriot and there's like the dudes they're like shooting at each other and they're both like cleaning their muskets. Like, oh my gosh, man. You're like staring at another guy trying to clean your gun fast enough so you can shoot him and kill him before he kills you.
0: Yeah. Like that's intimate. That is more intimate than most marriages, it, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Dude, like that scene in Saving Private Ryan where the guy, like, chokes and kills the other guy?
0: Oh, yeah. Close quarters, baby. Like, that's uh, that's war. <laughs> that's Oh, God. This is depressing. This is already sad.
1: It makes me feel better. You know what, though? It makes me feel better that there are people... Like people love war, man. People, it doesn't make me sad because people love it, dude. They watch documentaries on it. They celebrate it. They watch they watch things on Hitler, on Stalin. They love a good villain. People love evil, man.
0: This is true. it is, it is fascinating. It, in general, it's it's like a, it goes in line with even in the fictitious realm why you know characters like the Joker get so much popularity still. I mean, and why things like that get so played up? It's weird. Also, too like the, the content on like Hitler and Stalin, I feel like there's they never stop coming out, just like new books, like new fucking little uh, you know short docs and things like that about them. And it's like haven't we have we learned everything by this point?
1: No, because we don't understand it. With still stuff comes up because we still don't understand the psyche because we're. You know what I mean? We want to get it. We want to be in these evil people's brains, like um, Jim Jones and stuff. We want to, like, what, did they, what were they thinking? Because it's so foreign to us to be so um, purposely evil. You know?
0: I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I guess in a way, that fits, it's our way of wanting to, like, be able to... I guess, have our own uh, knowledge to have our own litmus test to make sure we're not stinging other people or prevent it in the future.
1: Yeah. If that makes sense. It could be. I think also, okay, here's one thing I've noticed. Women love murder. They love, like, murder shows. They love true crime. They love scripted murder shows, scripted, like, Anything, like, criminal, like, rapey, murdery, deceptive, women, like, True TV, dude. My mom, every time I come home, I think True TV's a little different now, but, like, every time I come home, there's always, like, any TV I turn on, there's some, like, docu-series on, like, some weird, sexy murder. (laughs) A weird, sexy murder. Do you know what I mean? And, like... (laughs) Yeah. People, like, you talk to any girl and she's just like, oh, I love serial. I love, like, SVU. I love uh, anything, like, anything like that. They love true crime, dude. I don't know what it is.
0: I don't want to generalize, but I will say, in my experience between males or females, I have seen a greater interest in serial killers and things like that on the more female side. I actually knew a girl. When I was in college, she had a her own made poster board. There's just a poster board that she just glued uh, pictures of serial killers to. And she just had it hanging up in her room. And Dude. I was like, oh, man, well, maybe I shouldn't be here.
1: Dude, I had that. I had a similar thing, a similar moment, like, maybe I shouldn't be here. Not, not. I mean, it wasn't like I was actually threatened or anything. It was, uh mm-hmm. So, like, I was in uh, at this, like, improv show, and they brought this girl up who they asked her, like, what's your favorite show? And she's like, oh, I like blah, 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 all these, like, murder shows. And she's like, yeah, like, Mm -hmm. Criminal Minds. And then one of, like, in jest, one of the performers asked her, like... How would you murder? Like, how would you do it? And she, like, gave an answer, dude. She, like, Oh, no. No, she gave an example of, like, a murderer she found, like, really fascinating. She had, like, a favorite murderer who, like, murdered <laughs> children. I was like, Oh, no. It was.
0: That shouldn't be your favorite.
1: Yeah, I know. It was not only did she have a favorite murderer, but she said this is like the style I would go with. Because it was like a question that was said in jest; it wasn't meant to be taken. It was like you know, like haha, wouldn't that be funny? And then she like, gave an answer. It was so creepy, man. It was so uncomfortable. Like you yeah, think about murdering. Yeah,
0: like i i don't I don't like the idea. Like, I understand keeping your mind spry like in, like, in of scenarios that would never happen, but that's a that's like something I've never, I've never once thought about how I would murder somebody ever because it's something that should never be a thing for me. Yeah. Like, like, that's just kind of it. You shouldn't think about how you're going to murder somebody like unless you plan on murdering
1: somebody. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, unless you want to... You want them dead, not like yeah, a like, rando. Like I want a murder to watch someone die. That's a creepy sentence.
0: Ugh. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. That like, there's there's people lying in wait out there who are just like, you know what? Tonight might be the night. Just like, think, there's, there's people out there. You could have been in like a bar. And there could have been a person there who's thinking, you know what, nice the night. nice the night that I'm going to fucking go murder somebody. Yeah. Tonight's the fucking night. And, you know, just because they just got cold feet, that's the reason why you weren't murdered, killed in an alley. Dude. It's
1: like, fucked up. I know. It's. Cr- I remember, okay, so my, I remember my mom telling me one time, Um, this is a really distantly connected story, but this girl who was, uh, she was like going to church. This was in France, okay? This girl, uh, some missionaries in France brought this, like, they met this girl and they, like, brought her to this Bible study. And this girl was really into the Bible study. Uh, she was kind of like a lost soul, but she stopped coming to the Bible study. Uh, and the missionaries kind of got worried about her. Long story short, she ended up getting arrested for, like, murder conspiracy. Like, being involved in a murder, they, like, she was involved in a group of people that. Took someone, they kidnapped someone, took them out into the woods, and like slit their throat just to like watch them die, just like as a thing to do. It was, I remember just hearing how disturbing that was. This girl that was like in a church group and she wrote letters to these missionaries saying, Oh, I miss you so much. I wish I could be back in the church group with you guys. I really, I miss it. So I'm like, This woman murdered you, watched a man die because you were just like, I wonder what that's like.
0: Yeah, I don't. I just that's. I yeah, I don't understand that mindset. I don't. At the same time, I don't know if I uh, if I want to understand that mindset either because it's just a bummer to me. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, that's wow. This is uh, you're you're recording, aren't you? This is a good way to start.
1: Yeah, we're doing it, man. It's. Jeez. It's something I think about the fact that we're, I think we're, we're obsessed. Everyone wants the world to be perfect and everyone to get along. Everyone says that, but I firmly believe we love evil. It's interesting, it's fun. And as long as it's not happening directly to us, we love knowing there's evil in the world and there's bad.
0: Well, I mean, it's also a defining thing, and this is going to be some like basic fifth-grade existentialism. But it's you know, a exists because b exists. That we, as long as there's evil or something that we consider evil out there, that defines what our good is. You know. Yes.
1: Your. It's it's the good. Everyone thinks I, that that was like one of my problems with like Christianity was like. It was this, like, constant pursuit for peace and love and good. But I was like, no, we want the bad. We want, you know, we want it. We really, deep down, we get bored and we cause drama. We, like, self-destruct because we're afraid, we're bored. That's really it. We, well, we, we well, don't want peace.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we wanted peace, we wouldn't, you know, be tuning into, like, WWF, or I'm sorry, WWE, every Monday night and things like that. We wouldn't be like being most interested in things
1: that involve conflict. Yep. We love it. We love conflict. We love drama. Yeah. TNT knows drama, dude. That's why people be watching TNT. Man,
0: <laughs> man that, that Ted Turner, he is just, he, he knew something was up.
1: He, dude, he's had this conversation before.
0: Him <laughs> in a board would be like, look, People fucking love drama. What's our slogan going to be? Oh,
1: yeah. wait. What is their slogan? Is it like, we know drama or something?
0: It is the, yeah, one of them is, we know drama. They may have changed in recent years, but that was definitely branding within the past decade for them.
1: Yeah. And they know. Okay. I've, I've noticed, like, I feel like everyone, think about, this is one thing I've been thinking about. I think about, like, the needless drama I create in my own life, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like I do it too. Like I'll get into something and I'll be like, and I'll create this, like something that occupies my mind, a drama. I'll get in like a fight with someone or someone will offend me. And then I'll think about it later or another, a bigger problem will arise. Let's say I get fired. Okay, let's say I get in like a beef with a friend. Like I feel disrespected, okay? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get so worked up about this in my head and it'll just like occupy all my brain space. Then all of a sudden, like I get fired from my job and then that's the new thing on my mind in that stupid bullshit fight that I was having is so irrelevant and so off my mind when it was all consuming.
0: No, I, I, I can relate to that 100%. I'm a, I'm a similar way because I'm like an anxious person. And, like, something that I should just let go and not think about because there's nothing I can do about it. Like, whether I had an argument with a friend or, like, I don't know, something didn't go how I had planned and, like, some sort of, like, interpersonal thing. Like, I would dwell on that, and it consumes me. Like, I won't be able to fucking focus on anything that matters. Like, that eats me up, like, all the time, and it sucks. Uh, and I feel like I've had people take advantage of that of me sometimes, which is weird, but it's like, hey you no, know, I completely, I relate to that
1: 100%. How do you think people take advantage of you? I
0: feel like I've feel like i had people um, in the past. They, they're people who aren't in, in my life anymore, but it's like they would like... I feel like they knew my buttons to push, and they would just do things just because they know I would dwell on it. You know? this basically, that would be the longest short of it.
1: Yep. No, I have the same. I have the same sort of thing, because I had that, like... I... People know I'm, sen- I mean, I don't want to say I'm sensitive, but people that can get under my skin can really get under my skin, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: Your skin is very porous.
1: Yes. It say. is very, like, you can slide right underneath it and, like, fester and live there forever. Oh, yeah. I, I feel that. It's all... I, I feel like that stuff's kind of all, like, ego, though, I guess for me. Yeah.
0: It's, it's weird because, like, one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I've i had to, like, figure out various methods and things like that where, where I have to, like, almost rewire my brain in moments by, like, talking to it like it's an, an, a separate entity, if that makes sense. This will probably sound crazy to some people who have never been to therapy. Yeah. But it's... Uh, <laughs> It's literally like I've had to have moments where I have to sit with my brain and just be like, "Look, hey, I know your job is to try and protect me, and somehow you think that thinking about these things that I can't change or affect is going to be the thing that protects me. But you're not doing a good job right now. You're actually harming more than helping." Type, you know? It's weird. It's weird that that ends up being like the uh, the solution to things like that sometimes. And it's, it's weird that any of us as humans let certain events affect us when literally we can't do anything about them you
1: know yeah i do i know what you're saying there i I, and i've gotten better at that i mean i read this i've i've like sworn by this book i've probably brought it up a hundred times in the podcast but how to stop worrying and start living it was basically do you know the serenity prayer
0: uh not by name. Maybe I've heard it. Oh, can you uh yeah. give me
1: a it's just like rundown? uh let me think. It's like Lord, give me the give me the strength to change the things that I can. Uh the peace to recognize the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh yeah. That's like that's that's something where I'm like, oh, that's it. That's really all there is. It's just you can you know do what you can, do what you can. If you can do something today to like to extinguish your anxiety for the following day, do it. Do everything you can. But if you can't do anything, then just relax. Yeah, that's and it's
0: it's strange because like. I, I know just being the person I am, just the, the just relaxing part is so hard because like as soon as you start like trying to get yourself that mindset, your brain's like, but what if? And it's like, oh my God, shut up, brain. It's like a shitty rabbit hole with nothing good in it.
1: Right, it just explores every possible. Well, okay, one thing this book tells you to do, it just says, okay, you're worried. What's the worst possible scenario that you're worried about? What are you most afraid of? And you, so you think about that. You think, oh, I'm a, all right. Let's say easy one, dude. You're afraid your girlfriend's gonna leave you or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just come to terms with it. Be like, okay, the worst thing she could do is like leave you, leave you, never call you again. Come to terms with what that reality looks like and realize, like, oh, okay, well, then I, I just move on with my life. It would suck. But once you come to terms with it and you kind of accept it as if it already happened, then you can finally live at peace, you know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like yeah. just break up with me.
0: No, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. It's uh, like trying to get into that mindset where you can just like accept that, like in an, almost any worst-case scenario, you're going to be all right. Yeah. You know? Unless the like, scenario is death. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, sorry if that put me terrible thoughts in anybody's head, but yeah. No, but yeah, most time you're gonna be fine.
1: Yeah, no, and that is, that is the case. Most every time, anything I've been worried about, even when that thing I was worried about did happen and I was like right to, you know, my my uh, intuition was right, it still didn't matter. I figured it out, man. I'm a grown up and I didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> What are you? Good. What are you worried about? What gives you anxiety?
0: What gives me anxiety? Um, Jesus, what doesn't give me anxiety? I'm a, uh, I'm constantly uh, worried about uh, people being mad at me or me of having had said something somehow that have made somebody mad, even though like it ha- definitely hasn't happened, and I know that, but I'm still just like, Ugh, I think everybody hates me. Like I, don't, I constantly have like a weird fear that like, not like, not like. I don't want to make this sound like. Huge and like like super overbearing, but I do have like a weird like underlying fear that pops up frequently, of that everyone's like kind of out to get me. Not in like the everyone's planning together type thing, but I can't. But almost like in a like talking behind my back type of sense. If that if that is uh makes sense at all.
1: No, totally. You're not. You're not alone in that. I I do I do too. I have okay. I have the one which is oh did I. Like a nice person, did I offend a nice person? Did I say something stupid and hurt a nice person, a good person that I want to continue to be good? Did I say something that hurt them? I I have anxiety about that. And then I also have the, uh, pretty much any professional situation I've ever been in, I'm always anxious. I feel like everyone's like, nice, but still like talking behind my back saying I'm not good enough and I'm not cutting it. Do you know what I'm saying? I have that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, that's pretty much like very similar. I also have like, I don't, I don't, uh, you probably are, I think we've talked about this like off air before about not being able to take compliments. Like, and like you feel like almost there's like an ulterior motive
1: sometimes. Yes. I do. So you have a hard time when someone says like you do comedy. So when someone says good set to you or like oh I really like that that was really awesome I liked that so you know even like a genuine something where it's specific what mm-hmm. what goes through your head? Let's say someone like after a show says something very nice to you. What do you what do you think is their motivation? I'm usually
0: just well, usually I'm just I just can't take it like that's what I'm I literally like my brain just deflects it. And, like, I start having excuses for, like, that actually wasn't good. They're just trying to be nice or just trying to, you know, keep up appearances and stuff. Which is kind of shitty on my end, too, to think that somebody else in our community isn't capable of just being genuinely nice. Because I know they all are. But at the end of the day, I know that everyone is, like, here to support each other. No one's actually out to get each other. Right. But it's still just, I don't know why. It's one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck happened in my life to make me, like, think that way. But it's just, it's, dude... It's like a million miles a minute. Like I thought before, I fucking thought that like bef- and I this is gonna sound terrible, but I thought before that somebody has like tried to be nice to me just because they wanted to get money out of me.
1: Oh, like yeah,
0: like I'm just like, what the fuck is this? What is wrong with me,
1: dude? God. Sometimes your intuition's right, though, man. Like there, there is that though too. I've I've learned that in life. People will say, dude, you're paranoid. You're crazy. That person doesn't want your money. They're just being nice. And then turns out, yeah, dude, they're an asshole. They're manipulating you. So it it does happen. You're not crazy for thinking that.
0: Yeah. Uh, The shit, my brain just shut off there for a second. Great. All right. Hang on, I'm trying to get trying to get back into the gear. Trying to catch my thought that I just lost. The, oh,
1: yeah, you got it. We're ta- we're talking uh, about situations where your you think people have ulterior motives for being complimentary to you.
0: Oh yeah, um, just in general, like whenever like somebody's nice to me, like it's, if it's somebody I don't know particularly, I'm just like, uh, what's going on? And that especially happens like. Um, because, I mean, it's, number one, I will say, just as an over overarching thing, comedy was probably the worst choice <laughs> of interest to pursue with these type of paranoias, uh, especially considering that our our field in general is based off of, like, getting a degree of validation, of right. course. But it also, like, it's, it's crippling when it comes to, like, things of, like, I don't know, like... I've been, a, I've been a single guy for like half a year now and so that's been really weird in that regard because like I don't I fuck oh here's the thing here's the thing and I don't I'm sorry if I'm transitioning into something that you don't feel like getting into
1: I love it keep going sweet
0: okay fun fact he told me that he wanted to talk about this before so I knew I know what I'm doing this is all planned <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> no it's weird because like I, I have a hard time like trusting people but at the same time I will trust really fast if it's like somebody that I like start to have feelings for way too fast. And then, but then the issue is then my like real like logic kicks in like when I'm deep into the like actually like starting to feel things and then I like self-destruct and that's always a hilarious sight in retrospect but in the moment terrifying because I'm always just like this person doesn't actually like me. They don't like me. This is bullshit and then I'll go and I'll say something stupid because I'm like, I can't just chill.
1: Ooh, you wanna have control over the destruction of the relationship.
0: Kind of, I won't even say say relationships, but I mean, that's the most appropriate word. I definitely haven't had any real relationship, but it's in the past few months, but the, uh, yeah, it's like, it is a thing where it's just like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I know what what will happen if I just drive it into the ground. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. It's, I think it's a control thing. You're like, okay, I'm, there's a lot of mystery here. And I feel like my, I have feelings for someone and I don't, you know, I, I, that uncertainty makes you uncomfortable. So you're like, oh, I know what's for certain. If I call her a dumb bitch, she's going to break up with me. So I'm going to call her a dumb bitch. And then I don't have to have this looming sense of clarity.
0: I've, I've not called anybody that.
1: You've never? Or clarity. <laughs> I have never called anyone a dumb bitch.
0: No, well, not in my like trying to be correct anymore. When I was a kid, yeah, sure. Probably on like Halo or something dumb like that.
1: It's a fun one, man. <laughs> I do. I know what you're was, saying. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have nostalgic
0: memories of it i do my best to keep my nose clean in that regard because that's the i don't know now i feel awkward so now i'm just like hey joey we gotta be pc here
1: yeah no but sometimes people be dumb bitches man and then sometimes they're not being dumb bitches but you want to sabotage a relationship so you call a nice person a dumb bitch or whatever that is an adequate uh, allegory how do you sabotage Yourself in the whole relationship. I have a sad, What's I your? Don't, what is it?
0: I do a lot of things. Like, I'll, I'll throw out, like, I have this weird thing where I, uh, if I, I, give once again, I get weirded out because I'm just like, they probably don't still like me. Like, after like a day of like already having a, some sort of validation that they like me.
1: Right.
0: And then I'll just like say something to try and prompt some sort of like response. And sometimes, and it's like weird because like it's not good. It's not a good mental state for me, at least. And it's overbearing to other people,
1: or because you're still trying to get that sort of like constant reminder that they like you or love you, and you're trying to kind of yeah yeah.
0: You You know, sometimes. I don't. I don't want to sound like malicious, but I'll just like I'll just like say something. And it's not even like. Anything weird? It's usually just like, uh, "Hey, I don't even know." Now I feel like I'm painting myself in the corner.
1: No, you're fine, dude. People do this all the time. This is a normal thing. I've I've been in that situation because the stakes get high when you want, when all of a sudden you value someone and their like validation and their affection, and you're like, "Oh man, I I like really like want them to like me." I, you know, whether you're in a relationship with the person or not. There is that, like a lot of your self worth and how you value yourself comes from how that person treats you and thinks about you.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's weird though because it's like it's also something I've been trying to shake off as well because like, oh man, it's it's I've kind of I've realized, and this is actually we you were talking about self help books earlier. I've been reading one myself. It's called uh, I Hope I Screw This Up by Kyle Cease. Oh, he's uh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a there's a thing in there that makes a lot of sense, and it's like, um, you you aren't what loves you; you are what you love. Type of thing, and it's kind of like the whole like external validation doesn't mean shit. Like you have to, it's all like it's the usual like typical thing of like you know your your love and stuff comes within everything like that, and it's it's not based around external forces and things like that. Like someone else isn't going to fix all your problems by like being with them or them being in your life and things like that. It's like all up to you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really it, man. I, I think with a lot of like people romanticize stuff a lot. I think people want that sort of like, I think a lot of this, like, a lot of, like, romance in relationships and a lot of, like, oh, you're filling my need. You're, this is magical. This is something, like, beyond this world. It, it comes from this, this uh, like, abject insecurity and inferiority complex, I, I think. I think you're looking for something because you're like, man, I just, I don't like me. But if I could get someone else to like me, then I feel like I might be like I might be lovable. I might be a decent human being, which isn't true.
0: Yeah, it's not true at all. It's just a band-aid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it is. It's a it's you said it's a band-aid, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just this like, oh man, this girl, she's really into me. I'm really into her. And you and you kind of become and, and i'm you know i mean i'm not saying relationships are bad i think relationships are great i think um you know you gotta love people you know but i think a lot of times people get in these relationships these boyfriend girlfriend husband wife things that end up being super toxic because they were never rooted in real love they were rooted in uh you know validation
0: yeah, they were looking. They had this like weird metaphysical ideal of what it is, and they were they were pro- projecting, as we were saying, and they projected the this thing that it wasn't. And a lot of people do this where they just make excuses about the other person when it really it's like they could have woken up and just been like, "This is not good. This is <clears throat> this is not an actual like uh, complementary like cohabitation."
1: Right. This isn't making us better together. Yeah. That's, I think that's the that's the yeah. big thing too to remember for everybody
0: out there is it's like if you're if like you're in a relationship and it's like not you're not making each other better, then you're not in a good relationship, in my opinion. I mean people can live their lives, but I think that's a big thing about what makes a relationship like important.
1: Yeah, I know you said that's your opinion, but dude, that's universally true like I don't want to step on anybody too. <laughs> dude i'm <laughs> saying what you said is universally true you need you need you can't like you need to find someone who you're like oh my god like this person is this is like i'm a different human being with this person it's not like oh this person makes me feel like, I am worth something, you just know, oh, this person, like, sometimes makes me feel like shit, but in a loving way, in a positive way, where I feel like they're making me feel like shit because I'm being a piece of shit. Exactly. I think about, like, I think about my family, man. My family, like, if I'm being a scumbag, they're like, Joe, you're being a real scumbag right now. (laughs) Um, And that's not cool. Like, you're being garbage. And, like, that makes me feel like shit, but... My family makes me a better person by telling me when I'm being a garbage human being.
0: Yeah, I mean you need you need somebody who can uh, who can challenge you and push you in positive ways. Obviously, I don't mean challenge like, well they uh, they decided they were gonna leave me for three days and then they came back smelling like booze. That was a challenge to get over. No, not that type of a challenge. No,
1: no, like truly, not like a challenge. Like, oh, this person is just a immature monster but a challenge where it's like oh this person doesn't like let my bullshit slide
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: exactly it's
0: uh it reminds me of like something like grandpa told me one time and it's like so I'm gonna add something on to it he told me that relationships should not be hard ooh what are you gonna add so on to it the same I was gonna say they shouldn't be hard but they should be reasonably challenging. Like and reasonably uncomfortable if it's like having you realize something about yourself.
1: Yep. That's um it's funny you bring that up man because a quote I've quote <clears throat> I've quoted my brother a couple of times on this podcast with this quote. He's told me so he's married and he's you know he's been in like a lot of long-term relationships. And what his quote was, he's like, dude, being with my wife is easy. And that's, I love her because, like, every woman I've ever been with, every relationship I've ever had has been a challenge. It's been work. But being with my wife, it's just, like, it's just easy. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Once, like, two people are, like, love themselves, I think they can finally just love each other and make it easy, cause your ego's gone. You're not so wrapped up in your own like sense of self worth.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a big thing for a lot of people: is shedding the fucking ego, cause everyone has like their, everyone has a, their point to prove. Everyone has their like uh, their soapbox stand on, and it's hard for people to like strip that away and just kind of fucking be. Sometimes, you know, and it's so abrasive at times when you're trying to get to know somebody, you know, and you've probably had this where they they have the fucking I don't want to call it a mask, but they have the uh, they have the act on like the animatronic fucking Chuck E. Cheese things are going, the songs and shit are playing, and it's like okay, I get it. Can I just can I fucking
1: can I just like <clears throat> just see you? Can we just cut through the bullshit? Ooh, dude, that's a good parallel. The Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band.
0: Yeah. Because when that's off, it's just a fucking... It's just a husk of fucking suits. That's it. Just standing there doing nothing.
1: Dude, yeah. Because that's... It's funny. I try to do that when I go on a date with a girl. I try to be... Obviously, like I turn on the animatronics a little bit. I try to be charming. I want to have fun, you know. But... Mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't have a, I don't have like an act that I do because mm-hmm. I can't do that real long man I can't you know I can only do it for so long then all of a sudden I start playing the same animatronic songs again you know yeah
0: no exactly uh, I have a what is it I just <coughs> sorry I just did a thing um, for um bombsway comedy I just I did like a quick five minute set at a Cat's Brew Porium and on Saturday. And I, I have this joke, I won't do the full thing, but the, the, the gist of it is that I just make fun of myself for apparently being bad at sex. That's that's the whole point of the joke. And it's supposed to be like a, a humbling, like, hey everybody I'm a big idiot like type thing mm-hmm. and one of my buddies came up afterwards and he's like dude that was funny but you gotta quit saying that joke because it's gonna make like people not find you attractive or like or they're, you're gonna think that you can't like have sex and I was just like I'm fine with that like I'm cool with that because that'll weed out a bunch of fucking bullshit personalities that I don't want to interact with anyway and it'll like weed out the people that I actually want to like you know meet
1: Yeah, dude, that's it. It's like when you bring it down and you're authentic, is it going to cast a wide net? No, people are going to be like, that guy don't know how to fuck. He just admitted it. But the reality is people that are like, man, that guy, he's in touch with the fact that he's not very good at sex. He's like recognizing it. And I like that. Which is probably I will say, one person, I'm, you know. Yeah, I'm at least. I will
0: say, I don't think that I'm bad at it, but I am not the
1: one to judge that. <laughs> you need to just but do yeah. a panel, dude. Do at Listerman's Brew House a panel yeah. of all the women that have done you the courtesy, and do a discussion, man. Like a series on it.
0: I don't. I don't have a big ego, but even even then, I don't know if I could handle that.
1: <laughs> that's like, Jesus.
0: Why did that quote Dragon Ball Z in the middle of Coitus? This doesn't make sense.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. That's not true. That's not true.
0: But it could be if that's your thing. I mean, you know, I'm not going to king shame anybody for that.
1: No, we ain't, this ain't a slut shaming podcast, man. That's not how we, <laughs> maybe other podcasts be out there Shame and sluts, but not here, man. I don't even use that word. No,
0: th- that is your body. You can do whatever you want. You can get all rambunctious in the sack with anybody. It's your business, no one else's. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yep.
1: Yeah, dude. You gotta. And you know what? People will tell you otherwise, but
0: come them. Maybe literally. I mean, if they change their minds, I guess. I don't know
1: them make them consent and i'm gonna edit so much of these jokes oh my dad listens to every podcast uh no i uh i want to go back to your point on authenticity i do i do i think that's cool man i think you gotta just like There's a, there's like a, I see people that like put on airs all the time of like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. I make a ton of money. I'm like, I'm awesome. I know how to have sex or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you got to relax, man. You got to just come to terms with who you actually are uh, and realize you're probably a pretty good person regardless of how much money you make, how many girls you've had sex with, how many girls that liked having sex with you or how good a comedy you are! You might just be a good guy.
0: Yeah, there's no need for the whole. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's almost like I, I feel like some people are like trying to enter this imaginary fucking pageant that's in their head.
1: Yeah. Just let the walls down. Sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, what's the worst that could happen?
0: Some people don't fucking like you. Big whoop. Yeah. a lot of people
1: out there that's it man people like the only people that i don't like hanging out with are people that i don't think have like come to terms with themselves and their imperfections Mm. because they're just tense they're always like always uh overcompensating you know what they hate about themselves and it's just like man I can't deal with your self hatred. Like you gotta work on this and then we can hang out and you know, play a board game. But before you do that, we can't be friends.
0: Yeah, no, it's that's that's true. And it's just, it's one of those things where you, uh, I don't know why people are so uncomfortable just admitting or like turning the uh, gaze inward to see like what's like, just be truthful with themselves, basically. Like, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I understand it's uncomfortable. But it's one of those things where you get to shed so much skin once you start figuring these things out and, like, being truthful with yourself. And it feels great. It's such a fucking weight off your shoulders.
1: Yeah, it's fear, man. I've been there before, dude. I So I I can say I do understand it. It's fear. It's something that they've probably been holding on to for a long time in their life, whatever it is a um, falsehood, whatever that may be. And it's very scary to let that part go. Um, but once they do let it go, once they do say, hey, you know what? Maybe I fill in the blank. Um, there's there's freedom there. So I think I've been. So what I'm saying is I've been there. And uh, the reason they they hold on to it is because it's a part of who they are. And it's terrifying.
0: No, that makes sense. No, that's actually uh, that. Kyle Sis book says something very similar, where it's like it's the your old narrative, and you think that that old narrative is like what defines you, but once you let go of that old narrative, you're able to make brand new ones that make a newer, better you. Yeah. Metaphors, baby,
1: dude, I love them, man. That's that's really <laughs> what it like. I, I don't know, like I li- I've i lived my life by these old narratives and then all of a sudden, like, and they didn't work, dude. It was like old programming. Um, it, that's how I always felt. It was just like old programming that was no longer compatible with who I was and it just yeah. was like really stunting my uh, like maturity and my growth as a human being but once I threw out all the old programming and said, "Hey, like let's start from scratch." Everything I'm holding on to, like let's just throw it out the window and start. Which, which was like pretty terrifying. But once I did, I was like, "Oh, okay." Now I like when I have no other things that I'm holding on to, I can be authentic.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's I mean that's that's a whole. Sorry, right, my brain just literally just crapped out again. Uh, yeah, it's it's literally that's a whole other thing with just that whole. I guess what we're what we're getting at is just self actualization, right? Is the overarching thing, which is like it's a it's a long road for for some people, short road for some. I mean, I've known some people who are just like, "This is who I am. I got it," and they're just like completely their entire life is fruitful because they got it. They knew what they wanted. They knew right. what they wanted to do. And it was done. For other people, such as myself, I'm just now getting to the point where like, okay, I get it. I get it now. Like, at age 29, almost 30. Yeah. I think the important thing is, like, that you're taking the steps and actually trying. You know, you can't just, like, you know, try to just be comfortable just because you're scared, I guess, of the change, I suppose. I don't know.
1: No, that's, like, a really great way to articulate it, man. Like, that's it. It's just, like, regardless of what age you're at, just saying... Hey, whatever, whatever's is happening right now, you know, it's not working. So let's, um, you know, let's cut my losses right now. Tear it all down and try something else. Explore something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You I mean, because you've kind of done that with, uh, you know, with doing doing comedy because you started comedy when how old were you?
0: Jeez, it was not long. I think I was 27 was my first time doing it. Yeah.
1: So you start when you're 27. You know, at the time you had a girlfriend. Now you don't have a girlfriend. You know, Mm -hmm. you'd had a girlfriend for a real long time, right? Oh, yeah. That was six years, man. That was a, that was, wow.
0: Yeah, that was a, that was a big change.
1: Yeah. I mean, so what's... How do, you, how do you feel now being a guy that wasn't doing comedy, um, wasn't doing... Because, I mean, I see you out there. Like, you're doing cool stuff, man. I see you in videos. Uh, I see you doing sketch videos. I see you running open mics and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, you clearly got friends that you didn't have a couple years ago and different friends, and you you don't have this girl anymore. So, a lot of your life's kind of burned down and built up in a different way like how do you feel
0: i feel good i will say uh it's it's a very weird transition so it's not to not completely just like disregard like the importance of that relationship because uh regardless of anything else um it was very important to me and my progression because without uh without my girlfriend who i was with I would not have grown into like a more mature person, a more progressive person that I am today. So she was a very big fundamental building block into helping me grow in general. And I can never repay, I could never repay her for that. Like there's no sum that great enough to repay her for that. Um, But it's where I am now, being single and doing all this stuff, I feel good. It's scary. There's still a lot of hurdles because it's like, you know, I have to, it's a lot of inward looking and just calling out my own bullshit, basically, and making sure that I'm in check and just overall just taking care of business, you know? But it's it's good. It feels good. It's a, what did I say the other day to somebody? I said it feels like, it feels like learning how to ride a bike again for the first time. And it's right now at that really great chaotic moment where you're like, you're not sure if you're balanced, but you are. And you're finally getting that point where you actually hit that equilibrium of being able to like fully balance on a bike without training wheels, I guess. that was kind of long winded, but I think you get it.
1: I do. I do. You're kind of excited to like, you're, you're balanced and you're kind of excited to eat shit. Because you know yeah. you're at least riding the bike.
0: Yeah, yeah. I could yeah, I could end up bailing, but you know what? I'm just going to get up back on the bike because uh, next time I get on it, it's going to be a less chance of bailing each time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, go nuts, man. Ride the bike. Take off the training wheels and skin up your knees, man.
0: Yeah. Just put some hydrogen peroxide on those bad boys later, please.
1: Yeah, man. That's it. Put a Band-Aid on it. Full circle.
0: <laughs> there it is.
1: Um, well, do you, okay, do you have anything that you want to say, like, yo, before this podcast ends, I want to drop this thing that people should know. This, if anyone can learn anything from Sean Quyler, it's this. This is what I've experienced.
0: Oh, just, like, just learning. This isn't a plug. This is just, like, just a general, like, anecdote or general saying or just wisdom. Yep. Okay. Um, I guess I would say don't overthink things. You know, nothing's worth overthinking. You typically already know the answer and you're dancing around it because the answer may involve you having to, like, do something that's not comfortable or have, like, a confrontation that's not comfortable. But do the just do the right thing. You know what the right answer is. Everyone does. Trust your gut. Um, just be kind to yourself, too. It's really easy to, like, beat yourself up over menial, trivial things, and it's, like, it's not worth it. Just be like, eh, yeah, I guess I goofed on that. That wasn't a big deal. And just move on. And always, uh, always, don't be ashamed of counting and praising yourself for your achievements that I cannot stress enough because that it's like something I've just recently allowed myself to do. And you, man, it is a fucking game changer. To just allow yourself to essentially be proud of the things you've done. Dude. And uh, yeah, I think that's 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 probably where I'll cut it off there because, like, I don't want to. I, I could get this go long and too long, went too fast, and that sounds like a good one to end on.
1: Yeah, don't fuck it up, dude, because that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I will, I will chalk that up to my achievements to
0: feel proud about.
1: Feel good. Feel good. Have a moment with yourself. <laughs> what? Uh, where can we? Where? Okay, plug all everything you do.
0: All right. And I'll, I'll send you links for some of these things. Yeah, do please. All right, please. to start off, you can follow me on Twitter at Apologetic A-Bomb. That is Apologetic A-Bomb. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Apologetic Adam Bomb, because Instagram actually let me fit the whole word of Adam in there. Uh, also, <coughs> sorry, a little sick. For those in the Cincinnati area, if you are not doing anything every second and fourth Sunday of the month, I host a Open mic stand-up. <laughs> I host a stand-up comedy open mic at Urban Artifact with my good pal Luke Fagenbush. You can sign up. You can do some time. Or you can come on down and see some of our great local talent there, do some great sets, tell some good jokes, some free laughs, get some good craft beers. I mean, it's a good time every second and fourth Sunday at Urban Artifact. Raiders of the Loft laughs, baby. And last but not least, you can check out my podcast called The Ordinary Folk Podcast. It's on iTunes and Google Play. I've not done an episode since October. But, hey, uh, there's still some good ones in there. So,
1: And I think that's that's it. Ordinary Folk?
0: Yeah. All
1: right. I'm going to listen to it.
0: Let's do the one with Lee. That's uh, that's one of my favorite ones.
1: Cool. Lee Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. The yeah. man. He's a good guest, dude.
0: Yeah, I love that guy. Nicest. Nicest man.
1: Yep. Yep. Sure is, man. And he's cute
0: dude, he's a cutie pie. I hope he listens to this and he blushes when he hears this. He will. And he'll just be like, he'll come up to me and be like, oh, man, Sean Weiler, I heard you over there on the Anecdotal Experience just saying I was a cutie. <laughs> hilarious,
1: man. Yeah, absolutely. dude, he's so, like, supportive and cute. Know. Right back, back. <laughs> Nobody knows who he is. Listen to Lee Kimbrell's episodes of the Anecdotal Experience podcast to know who we're talking about. Um. Actually, oh, yeah. dude, both of his actually uh, his are like the most listened to episodes. So maybe most people oh, are there. You have. go. Yeah.
0: The proof is in the pudding, and uh, I think him and Billy have a uh, have a new podcast coming out called the New Nasty Boys.
1: Yeah, but I just saw that they're using an omnidirectional mic. And to anyone that's doing a podcast, you don't use an omnidirectional mic, do you, Shankweiler?
0: I did. That's why I haven't done one in a while because I've been saving up for it. I have two mics. I just have to buy a mixing uh, board and that's it. Or some sort of USB like input, like a Scarlett something.
1: Yeah, that's what I'll send you what I have. It's super cheap. That would be great. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. Oh, where can we find your uh, your artwork?
0: Oh, my artwork. I forgot that I do that. Uh, you can just see that at Zachshonkweiler.com
1: beautiful I have Zach also did the um, the new sweatshirt designs which I do not have on the anecdotalcom yet I'm still monkeying with the website because I built it all from scratch so it takes a lot of work but if you want a sweatshirt that Zach designed hit me up and I'm gonna sell it to you yeah but those are those are awesome sweatshirts man um, keep, hey keep, I was keep happy doing to do them yeah, I'm going to make some hats with the other designs I'm pretty excited about. So really appreciate it, man. Oh, anytime,
0: man. Anytime. Just let me know.
1: All right. Sounds good, dude. You get some uh, get some rest, all right? get Get well soon. <laughs> I'll do my
0: best. Thanks
1: again for having me. All right. Later, buddy. Later.